clubhouse. 132 years this ranch has been in my family, and I'm the one to lose. To be honest, I don't even know who I'm trying to save it for anymore. This is Sheila. Welcome to Pod Clubhouse coverage of Yellowstone Season 1, Episode 8. This is called The Unraveling Part 1. This one was bonkers. I know. There's just... It was really crazy. I love, like, my little notes in my notes where I'm like, WTF, and then, like, circle it, and then I'm like, I draw, like, little frowny faces. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, seriously, for this episode, some somebody has Mercury in retrograde or some sort of, you know, like otherworldly forces going on everybody is just falling down all over themselves and, yes. and just bad news except beth Beth, yeah. good how did she manage to keep her shit together today <laughs> I mean, she's just been inundated you know i mean the you know pum 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 sent her off crying last time so uh <laughs> i have yeah like no sympathy but um no like just her wrapped in her memories being home so i think she she was due a break yeah and i feel but she's part of the reason why dan had such a bad episode <laughs> <laughs> so you know for every yin there's a yang i guess i yeah. don't know she's deliciously evil yes maliciously malevolent is what yes. uh, another friend on another oh. podcast said i was like oh i'm gonna use that that's nice but the title of this episode being the unraveling really sets the tone for everything kind of coming apart at the seams and it really really feels like it is I know. From everybody's perspective, except for Beth. But don't worry, she'll catch up. Don't worry. She'll <laughs> unravel again soon. Yes, exactly. That's so funny. It's like Beth unraveled Dutton over there. But yeah, this one, this had the most rip that we've seen. Yes. Like, this was like all of his scenes so far combined into one episode. I know. Oh, I'm here for it, though. I'm here for it. I know. But it's like you like seeing Rip, but like now that we know... Like, his past is terrible. Like, this poor yeah. guy. So, I guess, you know, we should just kind of start with him then. Yeah, because let's the, jump this, right in. It really does start with him. So, back to 1997. This is not a good year overall. This is the same year that we learned that the Duttons lost their mom. Yeah. So, this is the same year that Rip, his whole family, is gone. Jeez. <laughs> it was just a really gruesome and cruel scene. So, again, like, last episode out with the brain surgery. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I really can't sound, like, stand the sound of is, like, the sound of stabbing or slicing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could have done without, like, the, the really pungent sound of, <laughs> of, you know, his poor mother being stabbed to death. That was very bad, but worse was Rip pounding that guy's head in with a frying pan. Like, that was it really was bad. Dad. Yeah, his dad. Oh, jeez. Yeah, was it was so terrible. But, I mean, he's what, like 14 or 15, would you say? Yeah. At most? Th- this is just a really hard moment for anybody to have to go through, let alone witness on our end. But, Ugh. yeah, I just, I felt really bad for him. And, you know, he wakes up to the, he's unconscious and he wakes up to the sound of his mother screaming. And this first sight is his dead brother, mm. killed by his father, presumably. It makes a lot of sense of then seeing who Rip is now. Yeah. How he became so hard. And you can't really fault him for kind of who he is and protecting himself. I don't understand that, you know, because I never had to endure abuse. But like he said, he should have killed him a long time ago. Like, I feel like kids who endure that for a long time and and watch their family endure it. Like he's, it had been building. (laughs) Yeah, this was not a one-off No, this is not like a one-time reaction. This is like years. Yeah. And unfortunately, it ended really badly for the rest of his family, but somehow he got spared. But he took off running after he killed his dad with a frying pan. So I was confused by this now. So John Dutton, the younger, Mm -hmm. is it Josh Lucas who plays him? Yeah. He does such a phenomenal job at young John Dutton. Like, I don't know if he like studied Kevin Costner, but he really gets the mannerisms down. So it becomes like a very seamless transition from younger to older for me. Like I buy it. Like I agree. He's definitely doing this well. Yeah. And actually I do have to say too, the actor um, who plays young Rip, his name is Kyle Red Silverstein. 
he did a really great job of capturing Rip's complexity in the next scene with John Dutton. But I was confused, Steph, and I don't know if, if you picked up this too. Like, why was John called in as the livestock commissioner? They sidestepped, like, I don't know, if CPS, Child Protective Services, mm-hmm. should have been called in. Like, why do you think that John was called in? I don't know, because he mentioned... Like, you should just call the sheriff, and the guys like we did, they told us to call you. So, is it that the Dutton Ranch has some sort of history of taking in drifters, or they just thought it could be, like, a good solution for this kid, or... That's what I was thinking, that maybe, you know, John could take him on as... I don't think ward is the right word. I don't think John's going to be like, you know, fitting this guy out with an education the way that he would his own kids. Right. But give him a job at the ranch and basically take him in. And once you're at the ranch, your room and board is catered to. It's part, I guess, your weekly wages. Yeah. But we get this notion of the brand again. I know. Like, what? What the kid? Yeah, he's like, he's basically Beth's age. Because, you know, the last episode out, we get the sense that she's about 14 from the onset of her period. But it, I just feel like this brand is becoming, like, this major character this season. Yeah. I'm it's... trying to figure out, like, what inspired John to take up the brand for his workers. I don't know if this is a long-running tradition. Is this John's spin on loyalty? I'm. Yeah, it's pretty... I need more information. <laughs> I know. it's, And he's not a convicted felon. He's a kid. I, I mean, I guess John is lumping him in there now because of what Rip has done. Yeah. The fact that he has killed his father and I mean, you can't blame him, but he's not showing remorse because he he meant it. But John's not going to obviously take him to the cops. There's going to be no record of this. It's just going to be like the oldest boy went missing and okay, we don't know where he is. It's just bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm unsettled. I'm unsettled by the fact that the brand is being brought out for such a young kid. And it's still confusing how it's like a secret, but yet everybody knows about it kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's a secret, but then Walker heard about it in prison. Right. And like, John's just mentioning it to some like 15 year old kid on the yeah. side of the road. Like that's, that's not a secret. <laughs> like, right. uh, it's so weird. I don't understand this brand and I don't like it. Yeah. And it's just no way should that be done to a 15 year old kid. kid. Yeah, definitely. No, like whatever not. crimes and sins he's atoning for, that should not be one of them. I don't know. I'd be willing to take a bet right now. Do you think Rip is the youngest to be branded? Not that I hope so, but I would hope so. Like hopefully there's yeah, nothing like, else. <laughs> well, from like the conversation that John had with Monica, I'm thinking that like Casey was about maybe 19 or 20 when he was branded because there's mention in this episode that they were like 18 when they met. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the conversation later with Casey and Monica. So I'm assuming that like by the time Tate came around, he was probably like, about 19 or 20, I'd say. Yeah. And, you know, getting the sense that uh, the one too many times disobeyed took about 20 years to, <laughs> to marinate in the Dutton household. So the Rip's, what, older than Casey at that point then? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. From yes, the Christmas yes. episode, I get the feeling that like Casey's a few years younger than Beth. So basically, I mean, Casey's known Rip his whole life. Essentially. Because, you know, we were talking about a few episodes ago, this whole beef between them and why they were fighting. So right. I'm trying to, to, like, put that in perspective, <laughs> yeah. too, that, like, they've known each other since they were kids. Right. So Casey's a couple years younger than Rip. Who knows yeah. what went on between boys on a ranch. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it just looks like Rip has sort of been adopted into this weird cult. <laughs> yeah. Very cult-like. Yeah. Yeah. And he's fine with it. So he's like, okay. And then that brings us now to present day. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so we meet Donnie. Donnie's the sheriff. Yeah. Who's more upset about the bear being killed than the two dead dead humans. Sorry not to laugh. But the sheriff is just a dick. I'm sorry. Yeah, (laughs) he really is. (laughs) I mean, it's like, okay, he's obviously the two people dead is tragic. But it's like... It's almost like he's just more pissed off about the paperwork and red tape he's going to have to go through because this is like for an endangered... For the bear. Yeah, for the bear. <laughs> so... Not for the dead humans. Like, that's like run of the mill. They're like, yeah, yeah, that happens all the time, I guess. But yeah. the dead bear, he's like, this is a federal offense. But what the hell was the bug up Donnie's butt about painting this circumstantial case against Rip? Like, to cover up the bear being killed. It was very convenient the way that he strung it together. Yes. That- and Rip having no witnesses. It was just very convenient to try to frame Rip. And there's no evidence to support any other claim. It's basically like the sheriff's word against Rip right now. 
We've seen eight episodes of all the trouble the Duttons have caused for law enforcement. <laughs> so imagine the years and year, however long this guy's been sheriff, he's been dealing with this like random bullshit from the Duttons that like conveniently disappearing evidence and stuff like that. So right. maybe he's just pissed. Like what? The, like yeah, anytime Don- you guys are involved, I'm annoyed. Like, right. Like Donnie probably had to do some cleanup from the Emmy's office a couple yes. weeks back, you know? So he's probably like, hmm, this smells like Rip again. Yes, exactly. But it was very convincing, the case that Donnie laid out very quickly. I thought so too. Like as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, oh shit. Like God. that could like, totally this happen. doesn't look good for Rip at all. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. I love how Rip, too, he's like, I should have just freaking buried him and, like... Right, and never like, said here anything. I, here I go trying to do the right thing. And that's really the theme for Rip this whole episode, even back from his backstory. He yeah. was just trying to protect his mom and ultimately killed his dad as a result of it. He was ultimately trying to do the right thing here. Yeah. You know, with the bear reporting it and the, t- the hikers reporting it. Both the time, look what he got for as a reward. He got yeah. a brand on his chest. <laughs> And he's basically facing potential jail time. Yeah. Like, if you're going to kill an endangered species, I'm pretty sure that's going to be higher up the food chain and sentencing than some violent crimes. Yeah. I'm just going to... I'm going to go out there on a limb and say that, even though that's Probably not Probably right. true. And then even later on, when we get the fish and wildlife officer, he's just trying to do the right thing and... We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's where we are, right? That's where we're we are, like, yeah. Lump them in together, so. Okay, I, mean, I gotta say, I, I hate using the term broad to describe a woman. I would never do that, but this is a moxie broad. <laughs> She's like, take no nonsense. It's it's Officer Skiles. That man. I love this conversation between them. I love how she's like, I've heard nothing but horrible things about you. And he's like, well, they're probably all true. Like, she's like, that's not good for you. (laughs) He's like, not even trying to like, whatever, dude. He's like, I mean, they're true. What do you want me to say? I mean, Rip has had a day already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's just in no mood right now. He's like, yeah, they're probably all true. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't know what you want me to do, lady. But in fairness, like Rip does loom very large. Right? Like, on the Yellowstone, his reputation is... He's a badass. He really is. And even so far, like, in these eight episodes so far that we've gotten to know, he doesn't speak much. Right. He glares. He conveys (laughs) a lot with his body language. The only person he really speaks to with any degree of substance, really, is John. Yeah. But other than that, even though he runs the bunkhouse, he pretty much keeps to himself. So, yeah. So, the rumors out there would be that he is this, like badass and i'm sure like the ability to embellish a story about him is quite easy right i was really thinking long and hard about this as you can tell (laughs) i mean it's like he's just he's not gonna win in any of this scenario like he's already just decided like well shit like i I mean they're just gonna pin this on me so he's like whatever lady (laughs) yeah he's just eating his humble pie today he's just like she like takes his gun i'm like he just looks at her. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I, I can't I can't fight you right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, what is the deal with the show? Like, What do you mean? So graphic oh, all oh. the time. Like, Okay, but before we get to the graphic part, I did, okay. I did my laugh out loud moment. I had two laugh out moments for this episode, which is really hard to find in such a heavy episode. Yeah. When he warns her about the horse fly. Yes. And he says, if the horse, you know, if that fly bites your horse's ass, yeah, he's going to take off running. And the horse fly bites the horse on the ass. Yeah. And the horse, as Rip predicted, takes off. And he's like, he's angry then. He's like, nobody ever listens to me. (laughs) Nobody ever listens. (laughs) Nobody ever listens to me. So, So and he takes off. And now, now we can talk about the graphic thing. Sorry. I didn't mean, make you choke. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's just funny. It's like, he's like, seriously? Yeah. Like, like, how can my day get any worse? Okay, I'm annoyed that she's not listening to him. This lady is like a Parks and Wildlife agent. Like, she's been on a horse. She's got a lot of training. So, if he says there's a horse fly, wouldn't you be like, oh, no. Okay, get it off. Like, yeah. she knows what that means. Right. She Why should. is she ignoring him? It just annoyed me. I feel like there's been a standoff between the two of them since he said ma'am to her yeah. because she literally put like the hackles all up after that and she was like it's officer so i feel like she was just trying to prove that she could do it she's just trying to be like the bigger person or like the the badass of the yeah the, bad, the better ass of the two of them <laughs> the better ass, the better ass. <laughs> she, she wanted to be higher on the badassery scale i don't know yeah <laughs> how else can i say 
<laughs> and then my other thought was like, why do people go to Montana? If like you've fallen off a cliff, that you're being chased by bears, and now you're like impaled by a random stake in the middle of Montana? Like, yeah. He said it was a few hours ride away. So like they are off the beaten path. They are nowhere. And there's a fence for her to conveniently fall through. <laughs> I mean, like talk about the baddest of bad luck. I mean, I'm like, seriously, it would have been almost more believable if it was just like a random little broken tree, but tree like or a something. stake but with like barbed of, wire. But it's one of the Dutton's fences. Yes. He's like, it's pasture 23. He calls yes. for Vigo and the chopper right hell now. And yeah, she's like, we should call someone. You go there. There ain't nobody to call because he's on a radio. He's not even on a cell phone. Yeah. So they're literally, like, if you fold the map five times in Montana, you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and that's where they are. But it was gross. It's gross. It's gross. <laughs> so gross. Gross. So, I like, if like, there's a gruesome uh, award, I think season one of Yellowstone should definitely get a gruesome award. Like, whatever the, the term should be. I mean, be. for not being, like, a zombie show, like, it's not meant to be gruesome by premise. But there you is know what a mean? ton. But it's so gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of like. I mean, Jesus, the opening of this series is you know John shooting a horse. I know. Jeez, so, you know, there's, a, there's a lot going on here. To, you know. Like, I don't think I want to go to Montana. Yeah, I went once. That'll be enough for me. I've, yeah. I've I've learned a lot since. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, I forgot about the brandings too. Ooh, that was <sighs> Watching this is like Jimmy and Walker get branded was rough. I know. This is like and a now lot. This. <laughs> But, you know, but Rip comes to the rescue. I, hear, I, loved <laughs> I heard her scream after the horses took off and he was, you know, angry that she wasn't listening to him. And it's like, like panicked shock. Yeah. Type of like, ah. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh my God. But I mean, I was laughing though. He's like, I'm not going to let you die because they're going to pin this on me too. I know. He's so right too. He is so right because now how convenient is that going to look? Right. You know, you're being, now you're being investigated for killing a bear and all of a sudden she turns up dead impaled impaled exactly not even just dead impaled it's not like she fell off a cliff conveniently like she was right. impaled that'd be a lot harder for him to do in fairness if they're gonna try to pin that on him i thought so too i thought that'd be pretty hard to like fake or whatever but anyways kudos to rip for saving this poor impaled woman but there's also this moment again this power struggle with her where she refuses to give her gun because he's trying to spend the time with her and not the horse so i feel that she would have been given a pardon had she given a suspect her her sidearm to save her life but here we are i did laugh and i did like when she comes around to his charms when they're mm-hmm. sitting when he, they're sitting up and they're waiting for the chopper rip even though he might be under investigation for killing a bear he's still very charming in his own it's strength. like how is he so scary and like badass but then like such a nice guy yeah exactly like just like a like a nice charming guy well that's really kind of what we've been talking about all along with these duttons is that they're highly dysfunctional in a real setting they're highly dislikable but yet we like them right there's something compelling about them so i feel that this is the the camp that rip falls into as well so he's sort of gotten out of that pickle because she she's gonna live, so that's good. Yes, but we, then... we get notice that she is going to live, which is so bizarre. <laughs> but then, as at the close of the episode, when we like pan over to this bear dead in the woods in the middle of the night, and the wolves come to eat the bear, yep. what happens to Rip's story? Like, surely there will be evidence that it was eaten by wolves, right? I mean, it's not going to be like completely disappeared. No, they'll still be like. I'm sure those wolves are not going to eat a whole big bear and there's going to okay. definitely be bones left. So they'll, the carcass. So this is still like not a, this is not a problem for Rip then that the wolves are eating the bear. I feel like it is a problem for him because whatever evidence, cause he said about the powder burns when he said to the uh, sheriff earlier, he goes, look at the nose. There's powder burns on the nose trying to show that he shot from the vantage yeah. point that he was trying to explain, you know? So I feel like, I feel like the bullet hole will be compromised and uh, the powder burns. You're right. I feel like. Because my instinct, my, like, my reaction was like, oh no, what about Rip? Yeah, I know. But then I'm like, thinking like, well, surely there'll be evidence. That, like, and, I, and I thought to myself, like, is someone guarding the bear overnight? And then when they showed the wolf, I was like, oh my God, like they're just going to leave it out there. Like surely they would have known that the wolves. That's something would going to come along and eat it. Yeah, like this is common sense, right? Like you don't. You would think. Maybe it's not a big deal. 
somehow I feel like if they're ending with that in an episode called The Unraveling, I feel like it's just going to be just more bad news bears. Come on. <laughs> I'm just trying to give cut Rip some slack. Here. I like, want to cut him some slack. It's going to be like, fine, right? I feel like Rip is a cat. I feel like A, he has nine lives. And B, I feel like a cat like always lands on its feet. I feel like Rip is smart enough to always land on his feet. So I feel like yeah. somehow he will get out of this, but I feel like it's going to be painful because now... Like I said, like whatever evidence is yeah. potentially there to exonerate him is in a wolf's belly, <laughs> you know, so running down yeah. the road, running down the mountain. For me, that was like a bit of a cliffhanger because it's yes. like, oh no, that's the only evidence that will protect Rip. And they didn't I even did. get to yeah. guard it. Like you said, that's like, yeah. Like, don't you it's... know that this is Montana? Like we've been saying this for eight episodes now. This is Montana. <laughs> <laughs> there are wolves and Everything bears. that can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I did. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I just feel like this was a lot of rip, and it was good because we really haven't seen a lot of him so far. So this was like him in, in big bites as opposed mm-hmm. to the little, like, snippets we've seen. So, But just understanding him is, is going a long way to knowing, like, where he fits in the dynamic of the family, too. I agree. This show is really, really good at the flashbacks. Yeah. They and really making well. it like make sense to the story and and be meaningful too. And then also so. like like we've talked about like the casting of of how they pull in these actors to play these younger versions of these characters. They're doing an excellent job yeah. at picking up on like we talked about like the complexities, the mannerisms. So it's believable that this young boy grows up to be Rip. I mean, he even gets the facial expressions down. Right. Yeah. But like you said, the show is doing a really good job at making them mean something to the current story as well as deepening these characters for the audience. So, yeah, I agree. I'm a fan. Definitely. I feel like this show, like, yeah. So we were critical in the beginning at how they were, you know, really front loading the storylines and making the episodes feel really busy. And it was hard to keep track of everybody. But now they're doing, I, th- I feel like, a really good job at explaining what they need to explain for these people for this episode, and it's not so busy. But it is still jam-packed with, it like, still so really much. Jam-packed, yeah. But in a good way. But it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel as busy. Like, the, the first couple, we were like, oh my god, my head is swimming. Whereas now, it's like, okay, well, okay, so that's the Dan and Rainwater move along. Okay, got it. Yeah. But it's really coming into its own, I feel. And it just took... it didn't take them a lot of time to to work out the kinks so i'm really happy with uh how the season has developed i agree we'll have to see what happens to this poor bear carcass Mm. because and that's another sound that i could have done without (laughs) 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 that's so funny okay so like we've discussed before i watched the show a long time ago like season one like two years ago, right? So um, I watched it with my husband and I was watching it for just enjoyment. And so, yes, I was paying attention, but like, I don't know that I picked up on as much. Definitely not. Now that I'm paying attention, taking notes, like listening to every word, this just hit in such a different way. This episode with Casey and Monica, it just is like too much. Like, oh my God. But it's also the next logical point it is but it's still gut-wrenching it is and it was such a subtle bomb to go off yes that's what i'm saying i'm trying to say that's what i'm trying to say is like i missed it the first time yeah so same i watched this what in 2018 when it came out it's now almost the end of 2020 and we're doing this rewind i did not pick up on the subtleties even the last episode when she was holding his hand and didn't recognize him i missed that the first time out but now that we're dissecting it the way that we're dissecting it, it was just like, oh, yes. no. It's just hit so different. And yeah. I'm like, I really, it's like, I have chills. Like, this is Casey and Monica. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was inevitable because she still hadn't found out the truth from when her brother yeah. was killed. And she knew that Casey played some part in it. And I guess she's putting several things together to get to the point and basically comes to this conclusion that she can't be with him so when she tells i like to call him papa papa felix (laughs) that um she wants to live with him it's like you know it's like you kind of think like oh well maybe it's just because she doesn't really remember everything about casey or whatever but then she tell when she talks to casey she says i remember you i just see you differently now i was like whoa chilling whoa that was bone chilling to listen to oh my gosh yeah, I know. I just got goosebumps. I've been talking about it. I know. Um, <laughs> sorry. It was just so subtle and so 
quiet and like but when you think about people who are struggling there's usually a lot more emotions involved yes usually louder emotions yes like this it's like qu- tears and quiet and poised yeah it's like not calculated but she's thought about this yes it, it was intentional exactly purposeful yes and then she gets the truth from him and he's reluctant to tell it but he's got no choice now yeah the look on her face it basically confirmed to me it confirmed what she believed yeah she didn't look shocked right i'm a little annoyed at the convenient out that she hangs on john that she sees john as the threat and the reason why their fate has turned am mm. i am i off base in hanging that on her i don't know i felt like she was kind of like justified in saying that from her perspective i mean she's seen sort of when she met casey and they sort of he was estranged from his father so she's always sort of seen john dutton that way right and then she gives it a chance and then literally everything unravels so there's that word again <laughs> oh oh my gosh i just said that. I didn't, that was not intentional i don't know i almost felt like she was kind of right like you're right this is what bringing him back into your life has done to us it's changed you like you're acting differently you're involved in all these different situations now i thought it was interesting that she said he ran away she mentioned he ran away to the navy to sort of escape all of this too even her like he's already run away from her and tate and run away from his father to her yeah so i feel like she's sort of right in doing this and in saying like this is what being involved in the duttons is doing to us it's fair because at the same time yes there has been a lot of confusion and consternation and and all this since the basically since the cattle battle which is mm-hmm. all of well, the started all of this started all of this right and really became like the main focus for a lot of the events that happened but it still doesn't make it completely anyone's fault it doesn't but like she said she has to protect tate right most of all i thought too so heartbreaking that she's like i really do love you like with all my heart but i have to protect us you know right and that involves tate Tate more so than casey and he just like sits there yes i was just gonna say like he sits on that wall an awful long time i know he didn't really fight for her. Is that the moment, though? Probably not. Yeah. But... Like, he's not going to gain anything by right. pleading his case. Exactly. Although I did feel slightly bad that the guy at the gas station asking Casey for help. Oh, come on. Yeah, that was... the wrong day, the wrong ex-Navy SEAL <laughs> to tussle with. That scene, to me, was just also, like, put another notch in the, like, WTF, like, Okay, so now Casey, he's already, like, in trouble with the law, and so now he's, what, did he kill the guy? Like, did he... I don't know. There was a couple of sickening crunches. Yeah, so it's like, come on, Casey, really? Like, this is one more strand unraveling, Casey. And that was very fast, too, and then they just moved on. Yeah. (laughs) So now that's an open-ended, like, what? Yeah. Because there's witnesses. They're like, hey, guys. Yeah, he's off of the guy. It's like, come on. Yeah, the, but the guy just really picked the wrong wrong <laughs> moment to be a wise ass. But, you know, that's never he easy. warned him. It's never an easy situation. Though, like, I don't know if you've ever been approached like that for help yeah. and stuff like that. I'm, I'm always like, I'd rather buy you a sandwich or whatever it is that you're asking for than actually hand over the cash. Yeah, for sure. I get that. I get that. We get that a lot around here. And I feel like I get a lot because I just look nice or I am nice or I'm like polite to people or something. And then it becomes this whole situation. I know. Now I'm just like, dude, I, I literally have no cash. On and like, I got my kids with me. So like, can you back off now? Yeah. And then uh, I bought this guy food one time and he was like, no, I don't need food. I just need money. And I was like, what? I mean, then don't ask just... me for a sandwich, man. I was like, you're staying on the side of the road. Saying we'll work for food. I was like, whatever, dude completely just random sidebar the house is ransacked like casey returned home okay what's up with that and tate's dinosaur is taken is that from the drone is that from the guy who you know they let go the other day yes it is but what is that what like what is going on like if casey wasn't already having a terrible enough (laughs) moment in his life like this was just like the further nail in the coffin because his whole house is ransacked there's nothing left what are they looking for I don't know. I, I don't know what else they could have thought. Like, I mean, the dinosaur bones were really it. And those were outside buried. Yeah. You know, you had to excavate them. I don't know. I don't know what the intent of ransacking the house was unless it wasn't 
the treasure hunters it was just a convenient cover but i can't think of what else it would be for like what else right. is casey doing like who else would be like behind like it searching his house for something i'd be interested to see like if his like navy medals and stuff like that were taken like oh. that would be something worth something because they're actually made from like bronze and mm-hmm. silver and things like that it was yeah. just very random and it it is random you know it's just saying it was treasure hunters makes sense but they, they take in the dinosaur but like why tate's room right like the entire house right there literally isn't anything that's not like turned upside down I, that is so bizarre. It's just like, oh, and moving along, and we're not even going to talk about it. So it's like, it's just wait. going from bad to worse to like, oh my God, can this get any worse? I know. Like, and, oh my goodness. And speaking of people who it's getting worse for, can we oh. talk about Jamie? Okay, Sheila, I can't. Uh, this episode. This episode was so much. It oh, weighed so heavy on my heart. And it's like every time like somebody else would come into a scene, I'd be like, oh no, now what? I know. It took me forever to get through this episode because I kept stopping. I'm like, Okay, let I me mean, write this down. It's a process, right? Like, oh my gosh. <sighs> okay. So, one other thing that I sort of missed round one when I was watching this was how, like, I need a better word for her, but intimidating <laughs> Christina is. Ooh. Or, yeah. what's the word for her? Like, I didn't realize she was so... I put sinister. Sinister, yes. When she's laying into Sarah yes. at the, the interview... Her eyes, like she narrowed them into these tiny slits, yes. and I was like, "Dude, you look like Voldemort. You look like evil personified." <laughs> I love to. She's like, they're making chit chat. She's like, "Okay, but you need to, like, why are you investigating him when you sh- I he's I on a hired pose, you? right? And he's on a post." And then she narrows her eyes and goes, "We should have dinner." And I was like, "Oh shit!" That's what I'm saying. When she narrowed her eyes, I wrote "sinister" in my notes. I was yes. like, Ooh. "Yeah, intimidating also- is a very good word for it too." Yes. I did not pick up on that round one when I watched this. And so far, we've only seen her like this saccharine sweet campaign advisor, right? So this was definitely another side to her personality. Because like, if you're going to be a political operative, I don't care what state you're in, you do have to have this like ruthless cutthroat ability about you. I just didn't pick up on it round one when I watched this show. (laughs) And last night I was like, dang, like this girl is scary. Well, she's a lot more complex, I think, than we gave her credit for. And I just love that she's, like, constantly muting John's phone calls. And, like, Jamie just has no idea. Like, what? Yeah. She's not even going, like, oh, your dad called you. Right. Like, she's cutting John out of Jamie's, like, radar on purpose. Well, we credited her with that last episode out that she was like, oh, nope. We're gonna, we're gonna ignore that Yellowstone call, and it was Rip calling about the mm-hmm. bear and the tourists. And she was, and that's, that was the comment you guys, you and I both had about the bad news bears. Yes, that she was like she re- realizes that this family's bad news for him and needs to distance him from them. So her instincts were correct. Okay, so we see like the sinister side of Christina, which I was surprised at a little bit. I wasn't expecting it, right? Yes, but good for her that she's a multi-dimensional character. Yeah. <laughs> She's more than I thought she was. But as she's sort of trying to cut John out of Jamie's life, this is causing problems for Jamie because he just walks up into the ranch like unaware of how pissed off everybody is. And no idea how bad a turn things have taken. Yes. Like that and is definitely blindsided. Like that I is agree. the definition of being blindsided. And I am like not okay with John in this scene. Like oh, hell no. Good lord. Get a grip. I mean, it is. It is so overreacting. Like, what the hell? So, first of all, John's already in a pissy mood because of everything that's happened already. Now he's sitting on the porch reading. He's reading the lawsuit. He's reading the lawsuit, right? He's reading the summons. Even what he says, like, you can already just tell. He says, when uh, Jamie drives up, I can't wait to see which disappointment this is. No matter who's in the car, he's just going to, like, go off. Yeah, he was going to spew venom no matter what. But it it happened to be the right one. The right, right disappointment for him at that moment because that's the one that he need. That's the one that he was really the most angry at. I mean, it's like poor Jamie has no idea like what he's walking into. Like, why are you even mad? Like, what's wrong? Like, he said, "I'm campaigning. I'm doing this for you." And it just seems so childish to me that John's just like, "Well, not anymore." Like, guess what? I'm not even going to endorse you. Like, I. That's what I wrote in my notes. I'm like, uh, immature much? Like temper tantrum? <laughs> Seriously. <sighs> This was not a very well emotionally adjusted adult response to my phone being off for two days. Right. Because I'm running a campaign that you made me enter. Yes. But in fairness to, well, I can't even say in fairness. I'm going to take that back. Not in fairness because there's no fairness here because this is just too, it's insulting to children what they just did. Yes. 
But Jamie's whining to him about like, I earned this and, you know, I deserve this. And, and John's response is that, I'm sorry, wait a second. You built this empire and you stand to inherit. So he fails to see the sacrifice The just the, the give and take between them was just so evil. Mm-hmm. And John beats this man down, beats his son literally. down, like literally, like Rip had to pull John off of him. Poor Rip. Rip is just not having a day. I understand, right? I thought about that too. I understand that in real life, adults like hit their children, but I don't understand that either. Like what? Like even he's a grown man. I know that this happens, but like you just freaking punched him because he wasn't there when you called him. You're telling him that he has to like take his toys and go home basically because he can't run the race. Kicks him out of the ranch. Kicks him out of the race, kicks him out of the ranch. And it just seems so final. John kicking Jamie out and doing all this stuff to really get back at Jamie for doing what he's supposed to be doing. I mean, Jamie didn't help his cause by saying, well, Christina had my phone. Right. That didn't help. This is what annoys me so much about Jamie is that he comes off as this guy on a high horse all the time. He, he like spits at Rip basically saying, oh, he said, this is a family matter. Mm-hmm. So basically like insinuating to Rip, like you don't belong here. Yeah. And like, cause Rip tells him go get a hotel room. And Jamie's like, this is, this is, this doesn't concern you. This is just a family matter. Yeah. Rip is more family to John than his own flesh and blood kid. So for Rip, this is a family matter. Yeah. Because John is his family. And John and what we've seen of what John did for Rip when he was a, a, a young kid showed him the kindness and love that I don't think Rip ever had. So Is love the right word? I don't know. But in, 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 <laughs> I know I what you're saying. I'm I just think messing. in John's twisted world, yes, he does That's, love Rip yes. as, a, as a child. Because Rip has definitely been the most loyal, the most dependable for him and for doing what he needs to do on a daily basis. Casey yeah. left. Lee was marginally effective. Yeah. What it seems like. You know, Beth was off in Salt Lake City and she has a particular set of skills that aren't necessarily operationally effective, but, yeah. you know, fiscally and legally, definitely. <laughs> and then Jamie's obviously a fuck up yeah. in John's eyes. The lawyer, like, political candidate is the most (laughs) disappointing person, really? Exactly. Like, you know, the one that's most capable to run for, you know, state office. Yeah. That doesn't need to have uh, a 28 28 day stint in rehab in order to, you know, run for AG. Oh, jeez. So. This was the big, like, as many, I feel like there was a lot of WTF moments. This was the. This was the biggest WTF. This was very disconcerting. Very much so. You see so much of the deep-seated dysfunction in this one scene. For a a 60-plus-year-old man to beat on his 36-year-old son, physically have to be dragged off of him. There's something fundamentally wrong there. Yes. Out of all the WTFs, this was the biggest. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of WTFs. There was a lot. But this just was horrible. I mean, kicking him out of the race, off the ranch, like, basically don't come back. And, like, this is Jamie's job. The ranch yeah. is his day job. Yeah. You know, running it and doing all the responsibility that needs to be done. But just, there's something just to kind of close out this section that I, I just wanted to talk to you about. So John is talking to Rip after this fallout. I was going to mention this, yes. Yeah. It feels like he's given up. Right. He's, he's talking about like 132 years. This ranch is in his family. He doesn't know who he's fighting for, for it. I think that's a justified feeling, though. Like, I do think that he needs to sort of go there. Like, why? Why am I doing all this? And I just feel like this is a new enemy for John. Not that he's not been threatened before, but I feel like the savviness of Dan and Rainwater with their legal briefs and their lawsuits you know, rainwater back in the very beginning with the cattle, taking the cattle in and basically uprooting this apple cart. I feel like this is a more savvy enemy than he's had to deal with where things could be settled with fists and maybe a show of firepower. Yeah. Like the cattle battle. But I think like with the rerouting of the river and the legal fallout is just something that John's not used to. So I feel like his outburst might be part of this unsettled feeling that he's got. Like, this is uncharted territory for him. He doesn't know how to proceed. So he's actually kind of retreating to a much more primitive state. Yeah. And then is this part of the shift in power that he's talked about last episode? Yeah. I mean, it's like his family. It's like he's feeling that shift with everybody. Like, he doesn't know if his family even wants to fight for this. Yeah. So it is. It's like his 
back to the unraveling. Like even his, the reason why he's doing all this is unraveling. Right. So now like the family's unraveling, the ranch is under threat because now this is a very real thing with this lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And now he's also got the bear thing. So he's got two environmental factors. He's got two dead tourists. He's got a son that he's basically disowned. Casey's... Casey's nowhere to be seen. Well, Casey, Casey's, you know, packing up his, his undies yeah. to leave the house. <laughs> okay, so after John beats his ass, where, where does Jamie end up? I mean, where else can he go? Where does he have to go? He only can go back to his little Camp- campaign office. office in and- little storefront. And Christina. Do you write shorthand in your notes? Because whenever I write Christina, I write Xtina. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that, like, 90s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're from a, a certain era. Yeah, right? I feel like the, my first take on this scene was her sort of this power grab. I feel like she's trying to also control Jamie. Yes, I do feel that. I don't think that she's as sunshine and roses as we've no. seen her. But I do feel like what she said is true. Like she's te- like fathers don't treat their children like this. And she's right though. Like fathers want to see their kids succeed. Fathers want they don't teach them these sort of life lessons that like doing something for yourself is inherently wrong. So I kind of thought she had a point. Like my second sort of take on it was like, oh, I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah, I do get the sense that she does want to control him in a way. And I think it's intentionally very good because I think she wants him to succeed. I think there is this genuine chemistry between them. Yeah. um, I do feel it's genuine. And then she's also kind of laying out, I guess, what she's been brought up to speed on from the governor and the current AG. That yeah. John doesn't have the governor's support, support, that it's more that Jamie as AG would be a, a way to wrangle him in. Mm-hmm. I just feel that her reassurance that their family is not the way that all families are and should be is confusing to Jamie. I don't think that he's yeah. like ever thought that his family was not normal. As weak a moment that Jamie is having, the fact that she chooses that moment to like bolster him and bolster his ego and bolster their relationship kudos to her because that's yeah. not usually a moment where if somebody would want to be like hey we're going to consummate this relationship now <laughs> after you've got this big shiner on your face it's kind of like he had nowhere else to turn so she let him stepped up right turn to her but um, no it was uh it was a very interesting but it is weird that she feels controlling but also was right in saying that like what's wrong with you wanting this for yourself something for yourself yeah and then she straddles him. So, you know. Yeah. And again, in a storefront, like, that is a busy street. Like, there is trucks and cars nah. whizzing by. There's nobody <laughs> driving down the street. It's dark. It's fine. No one's looking. <laughs> so, I don't I, know. When, I, I, when I'm actually in my office, I work in Manhattan, lower Manhattan. So, there's, like, high-rise buildings all around me. Yeah. So, we've had post-it note comments, like, yes, with people back across and forth. the way. Yeah. Because... You can see things. You can see people doing things. Like, so the, the, the people across the way, one day they were having a party. And, you know, we were like, they were at the window. People were eating. We were waving to them from our side. And we we're like, can we have some cake? Yeah. <laughs> so, you or know, you like, can't happy see birthday. Yeah, you can't see things. So. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, Christina, she surprised me this episode. Yeah. Finding that she's got depth to her character for yes. me was really good to see. Don't want to be Sarah. When, uh, you know, Christina turns her sights on her, it's Mm -mm. like, hey, let's meet with your partner and dig for more details that are going to be contradictory. (laughs) Yes. I was like, dang, girl. Definitely got a very best kind of a feeling from Christina this episode. Like, she was very... I was not expecting that. Yeah, she was very sinister when she needed to be, but very saccharine sweet, too, when she needed to be. (laughs) Saccharine sweet. Yeah, like that fake sweet. Like that little voice that Beth gets, you know? Yes. So Beth had a good episode for a change. Beth is the only one I can say that it has like a, a looking up moment this episode. She kind of gets one over on Dan. Yeah. It's funny because she's like, this is just for fun. And it is fun to watch. Like her, her just torturing this guy. Yes. It's funny. <laughs> when we first see her, she, her assistant has come out from Utah. She was, you know, telling him to come out. And she, he brought, I guess, the, the file on Dan. Yeah. And, you know, she's just mocking his financial situation and his choices. And she's like a tiger playing with his food before he eats Mm -hmm. it, you know? But then when she's, 
she spots his wife on the street and she's like fashioned her hair like Beth. I'm like, oh man, I felt I felt so bad for Dan in that moment because it's just like he can't get away from Beth. He can't. Like and now his wife like idolizes her. That's so funny. I love it. Yeah. But uh Beth gets her drunk and Dan comes home and finds her. She's like half, what, half naked, right? She's got no pants on. She's got no pants on. She's coming on to Jason. And Beth this is. This guy is just like standing against the wall, like, uh. Like, what's happening? <laughs> and she's just, okay. And Beth is outside smoking. And, you know, Dan finds her. And this was my second laugh out loud moment. Yes. She's like, not like I'd smoke in your house. I'm like, even Beth has boundaries. <laughs> yeah, she goes, I have boundaries. I'm like, what? That was so funny. <laughs> Oh my god. I just I do feel bad for Dan though cuz he just he doesn't know the levels of Beth's like hard soul. Yeah. You know, she's mocking him to his face and threatening him and he's just like I'm just going to come after you and your whole dysfunctional family. He doesn't realize that she's like light years ahead of him. Right. Like she's destroying him from the inside out. She was fun to watch this episode for sure like just like she said, she's like, this is just the fun part for me. Like, right. I like too that she warned him. Like tomorrow morning, I'm going to buy your entire freaking company. Like, I'm like, this is such a James Bond kind of a plot line. Yes. Like, let's have the bad guy tell you the, the dastardly plan. Yes, but there's nothing he could do to stop it at that point. I agree. Yeah, I like how we get that glimpse into Dan's financials to really understand why he's so into this deal with rainwater because mm-hmm. I just don't get it. Like we said last time, he just sees dollar signs and was immediately like shaking the guy's hand, even though it doesn't make sense. Right. And same thing with them on the golf course and, and rainwater is basically like, this is how it's going to work. And Dan's like, well, that's not going to work for me. And somehow rainwater's just like, I, f- I wrote Dan bamboozled. Yes. Yeah. We talked about that last episode. Like that was like this guy. And I wrote swindled. Yes. <laughs> It's like he's so desperate. Like he, so now we know he's like he's got two mortgages out of his house. Right. His company's he's going down. Leveraged. Like he's fully he, leveraged. He's bleeding money. He needs to make the money. So like now I get it more why he's willing to just sort of sign up with Rainwater. Mm-hmm. Whatever your plan is, you're promising you're not going to screw me over. So I see a lot of similarities between Rainwater and Beth. Believe it or not, because Rainwater yeah. is like you know several chess moves ahead of Dan right yes. now. You know, so he's basically trying to convince Dan that this is a good deal, that he's not getting swindled. That's the word that I used. Yeah. But Dan, I don't know. I don't know if he's, like, still not buying it. And I think Dan's coming around once Rainwater said that once the announcement happens, that the property taxes are going to double. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not the property taxes. The property values will double, which will then, in turn, drive up the taxes in the in the area. Yeah. Which then Rainwater has calculated that John can't afford. Right. But he's also, Rainwater then promises Dan the Yellowstone in exchange for his trust. Mm-hmm. But then turns and, like, takes his golf swing and says, well, you know, you can't trust anybody. I know. Like, what like, are you trying to do? Are you trying to convince him or are you not? What is that saying where it's like, if someone tells you they're a snake and then, like, acts like a snake, like, it's probably a snake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, th- walks, I feel like, like this is... walks like, talks like, it yes. probably is. Yeah. This is like, Rainwater's like, dude... <laughs> But I feel like this is the same thing that Beth just told him. Like, you know, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy your company and Rainwater's like, I'll give you the Yellowstone, but you just have to like, sell me your land. Just trust me, but don't trust trust me, me. but don't trust me. (laughs) You know, can you trust me? I don't know. That's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) But now, you know, Dan's real motivation, like he has no options. Like he's got to make this work. Right. He doesn't have a backup plan. He's in too deep now. And then like John has really screwed him over. Yeah. And he doesn't have a lot of outs. But exactly. the fact that he's still not convinced, it just makes it feel like it, like he's trusting his gut, but he's got nowhere to go, like you said. Yeah. So now we know that he's really a powder keg. He's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And we know that he has resources at his disposal as well from his business contacts. And, you know, he worked for the California Lottery. So I'm sure that there's yeah. lots of people on the up and up there, too. <laughs> I know, but he still just sort of seems a little bit fumbling to me. Yeah, but I feel like if his back is now pushed up against the wall and he's getting squeezed, not only from his business side, but he's also being squeezed by his business enemy inside his house. Yeah, I feel like this is a very dangerous combination. 
Yeah. And it's Montana. You know, people go to the train station and, you know, there could be a bear on your property and and who knows. But I just feel like Dan is not in a really good position. And I think we learned a lot this episode as to how dangerous he could really become because he stands to lose an awful lot of money. Like forced to act, he could act irrationally. Mm. Yes. So I think it was good that we saw exactly where Dan is in this because I was kind of like doubting his business sense. I'm like, dude, why are you agreeing to this? Uh, You're right, though. I mean, this is going to push him to the edge. Yeah, it's it's not going to be pretty. And if rainwater can be trusted, even though he said, don't trust me. Yeah. Like, you're not selling yourself as a really good business partner. It's like, if you're like, well, trust me, but can you really trust trust anybody? It's like when someone tells you they don't want to play with you, and then it's like, okay, but I want you to accept me. So it's like last episode, he was like, I don't tell people that who aren't my business partners, my plan. So it's like, he's sort of like... He keeps dangling these carrots. Yes. He's like teasing him. Like, I'll trust you if you trust me. I'll show you if you tell me. Like, it's just... But it sounded last episode that they had a good deal going where it's like, you know, Dan would own the hotel and Rainwater would own the casino. So I thought that that was where they were headed, but it doesn't seem like that's final yet. Well, because Rainwater said you can't own the land because then it can't be on like the Indian stuff. Right, but uh, oh yeah, there's the problem with the leases and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. So, so Dan's still... still between like a rock and a hard place. So basically yes. he's got to trust Rainwater to the utmost to know that he's not going to get screwed over. Yeah. So He has no leverage with this. No. None. And yeah. a very large hole to dig out of. So Yes. Dun dun dun. I know. <laughs> I know. And like uh, this is the next one up is the unraveling part two. So you know that it's going to get worse before it gets better for anybody. Right. Because <laughs> they're not going to call it the re-raveling. <laughs> right. Eh, we're going to re- fix yeah, this. We're going to sew this all back up. No. So, yeah. So Dan gets to play golf and like feel a little uneasy. Then he gets to go home and see Beth sit on his front porch. Right. Like, At least back. she's got boundaries not to smoke in his house. But meanwhile, yeah. she's set up his wife to. <laughs> meanwhile, his wife has no pants on. It's fine. And is (laughs) heading towards a man who almost has no pants on. (laughs) Somehow I feel like Jason is not consenting in this situation. Yeah, he looks more shell-shocked than anything. (laughs) He doesn't know know what to do with a cougar. (laughs) Right? Oh, this guy. So that kind of that kind of wraps up the Duttons and yes, the that was a lot of Duttons and drama. Um, so we like to end with the Bunkhouse Boys because they they kind of give us a little bit of a laugh, a little bit of I know respite. Um, this you know how people make that heart sign with their hands. Yes, like that's me right now oh, making the heart sign with my hands. I know. I love the Bunkhouse Boys. Can we talk about Jimmy first and then talk about Walker? Yes, because Jimmy, Jimmy. like Walker, I feel like is the ominous moment, but I just we need a happy moment right now. This was so cute. Oh my gosh! First of all, I love the fact that they're all sitting around playing poker. I just love yeah. it. Of course, That's and what they do. Jimmy thinks that they're being mean to him. Yes, and meanwhile, they bought him a hat, I know. a new cowboy hat. <laughs> oh, so. Ryan says something. He says that it each costs them a week's wages. Yes. Can we talk about this for a second? Yes. How much are these I- hats? Exactly. Like, I don't think they're that much. I'm sure, I guess. But why would you buy Jimmy a hat worth that much money? <laughs> you know, Jimmy's really trying to prove himself. He's trying. Yes, but they Very said hard. they they make $300 a week. Is that the number I heard, or is that... I'm not sure. Did I make up... Okay, so we don't know. Okay. It's quite possible that it's that. I thought somewhere I heard that... I thought when he was when Rip was recruiting Walker, there was something maybe about three hundred dollars. Maybe, yeah. Somehow that number is in my head. Three hundred dollars. He said each. So how many people is that? Lloyd, like Lloyd, really? Colby, Ryan. You spent that much money on a hat? Jake is sitting at the table. There's like, like five. We'll say five if Walker, you know, chipped in too. Yeah. That's an awful lot of money for a stinking cowboy hat. I agree. And then like, she just completely messes it up and <laughs> puts the hat on the bed. But now, I'm sure that they would have talked about this superstition ahead of time. Because I'm sure yeah. he had his other hat and I'm sure he threw it on the bed. And, 
but I agree. I feel like that's Jimmy. not <laughs> poor Jimmy. Like he he tries so hard and and he tries. It's like he takes two steps forward and three steps back. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, that was so cute. It was very and sweet. so sweet and just made me happy. And Jimmy's little sweet smile. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought that was a very nice moment for Jimmy, and it just shows like how much he's coming along. And I'm glad that they're they're giving him that respect because I felt bad for him the last episode when they were like, "What's your name?" After he's like right. chased up a tree by a bear. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It did seem like Walker chipped in just because he sort of did the little head nod or whatever. Yeah, but I think so. I thought that was sweet. I don't know how they convinced Walker to do it though. <laughs> Yeah, that he I'm seems not like sure. not on board. Yeah, I don't think like for like the the Christmas party he'd be the one chipping in any money, you know, for the food. <laughs> right. <laughs> just saying. That's just my he, impression. Uh, yeah, because Walker is starting to see the Yellowstone's mm. dark underside. Yes, he's starting to see it for what it really is. Yeah, he's got his reservations about his position at the ranch. I guess his position of him having the brand and what that means. I'm. He mentions to Rip that he says he's been talking to the boys. I'm assuming that he heard about the river being rerouted. Okay. Because I'm trying to think of like, I was trying to think like, what else have they done? Because Lloyd would never say anything about the train station. No. And they all think that Red just went to the train station without maybe knowing what that is or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I can think of is that they told him about the river being moved. It can't be legal to move a river. No, but <laughs> not all that sinister is what I mean. Like, True. It's not, like, tragic or whatever. I mean, it. I'm just saying I don't feel like, like, morally, does he really upset about a river or is there something else? You well, know? I think it's more of a representation of what they're willing to have their people do. Yeah. Because who did it? It was Jimmy, it was Rick, and it Walker was Lloyd. Because uh, Walker wasn't there, wasn't there yet. Jimmy was the one who's like, what are we doing? And they're right. like, just, just dig a hole. And Rip's don't like, don't, don't, don't ask questions. <laughs> just dig your hole. Um, so, but I think Walker's like thinking like, I'm on parole. He's sticking to it. Even though he's in the middle of nowhere, like with the bear, the last episode, he didn't have his gun on him. He's like, I'm a felon. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's sticking to it. I think he's trying to do the right thing. But him being on this ranch that leaves him so predisposed to having to do wrong. Yeah. Is really exactly. grating on him. I agree. Like, I feel like he's, I, I mean, well, not feel like he is really conflicted about what's going on. But Rip, then. I don't know. Well, that's... think about the day Rip's had. Yeah. But then but he's, he's nice like. To, he's nice to walk. Walker comes up to him. He offers him a beer. You know, Rip is very cordial. And then he's basically like, eh, too bad, so sad. Like, your time to leave has passed. Like, how yeah. sinister did that sound? Like, eh, you're not getting out of this guy. Not so easy. Yeah, we try to end with the bunkhouse boys because we think it's going to be happy, but then, you know, we, we kind of end on that note. Yeah. And Walker's just looking up at the ceiling, and you can just see that this is not what he signed up for. Right. Further part of the unraveling, because now he's backed into a corner as well. Very emotional men this yes. episode. Yes. I think that men are more emotional than they have reputation for. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that statement. I agree. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is so much in one episode. And we still have one more to go. <gasps> I know. And then that oh. brings us to the end of season one. And I can't believe that that's already upon us. They're going to have to leave us with the cliffhanger, right? Of course. Okay, good. Of course. I love a good cliffhanger. Me too. But with these Duttons, I mean, like, the cliffhanger could be a little literal actual cliff. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> As we saw with those, you know, tourists. But, oh, uh, all right, so we definitely have Rip to resolve with the bear. We yeah. have John Summons. Jamie is now a loose cannon out there wandering the earth. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to pack up for one more episode. But knowing that there's a season two, you know that they're going to carry some stuff over into season two so that this way it's not all going to get resolved. So the unraveling will be still unraveling by the time we (laughs) see the next episode. I am certain of that. Yes, I think so. I'm going to ask that we do every single week. If you can head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We just want to say thank you to everybody who's been doing this all along because we're back in the charts. Yay! Uh, We're like like at 67, I think we were yesterday. And that's just even 
before all of these start dropping. So for the people who've been rating and reviewing and maybe picking us up after they found season three, just know that season one is coming out very soon but you're listening to it so like we're doing this backwards um and then season two two will be coming up next so thank you for letting us ride on this train with you where we have so much fun doing this don't get on the train don't get on the train don't go get on the train just don't go to the train station yeah all right no thank you for listening thank you for joining us for this horseback riding lesson there you go (laughs) as long as we don't get impaled on a fence we'll all be good let's take a leisurely tour of the ranch but this is fun for us this is so much fun for us and just knowing that you guys are out there listening and leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts and whatever platform you listen to, it just means so much. So thank you so much. Thank you. This is Steph. And this is Sheila. Thank you for joining us for the Yellowstone Podcast from Pod Clubhouse. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.